I wonder if you've heard the story of Old Bill. Now, Old Bill woke up one morning, and he got up and he stood there in front of the mirror in his bathroom, and he leaned over that mirror and he looked at himself and he said, my goodness, I have let myself go. He was old. He was, he was 55. It was his birthday. He was 55 years old. He looked at the old man staring back at him in the mirror and he said, that's it. I've got to make a change. I've got to do something about this. I am going to become a new man. So Bill went down to the plastic surgeon, turned over way too much money, and they sucked some fat out of some places and put some fat back in some other places where maybe he could use a little bit more padding, you know, and and, and then they, they got a hold of his face and they pulled everything back and they tightened up all of those wrinkles and Bill was starting to look like a new man. He went to the, he went to the hair clinic and they took hair from some places and they transplanted it up here and put in plugs and once it grew in, he went and got it styled and got it dyed back to the original color and Bill was starting to look like a new man. Bill went down, to, uh, went down to, to, uh, to the store, got himself a copy of GQ magazine, Gentleman's Quarterly. He found out what all the young guys were wearing the, this, these days and threw away all of his old wardrobe, bought the new clothes, and Bill was really looking like a new man. Went back to the, went back to the plastic surgeon, got Botox injections in his face, handed him the bill, and he looked surprised, but that was the Botox. And Bill was starting to look like a new man. Got, got his teeth whitened, got his eyes fixed, got rid of his old jalopy, got himself a brand new convertible, and it was a sunny day, and Bill's driving down the road, the wind whipping in his new hair, his, his new white pearly teeth shining, and everything just looked perfect. Bill was a new man, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a, a, a rain cloud appears, and suddenly there's lightning, and wham, hits him square in the chest, and old Bill was dead. And there he stood in an instant. There in front of the pearly gates, right there before his maker, God himself on the throne, ready to judge him. And Bill, Bill was mad. And he stood there and said, how dare you, God? How dare you strike me dead? I did all this work. I spent all this money getting myself fixed up. I was finally a new man. Why did you take me now? God looked down from his throne and he stared at old Bill. And God said, Bill, is that you? I didn't recognize you. Please laugh so the people in line think it's just polite. It's just polite when someone tells you a story, you laugh. So, you know, we, we do that. There's all kinds of procedures and lotions and potions to try to make us look young, to try to make us look like we're a new man or a new woman. And the real, reality is all they do is conceal the truth. They conceal your age. They conceal your appearance. They cover up who you are and leave people guessing. How old do you think she really is? We cover up and we conceal the truth on the inside too. We find ways to hide our lives and hide our failings from each other. And we hope that no one ever gets close enough to take a peek underneath. We hope that no one ever gets close enough to see the cracks in our character to see that we are not the people that we claim to be and find out who we really are. So we're spending the summer looking at our group identities, at who we are told that we are together in the Bible. Now it's easy enough for us just to say we're the church, but the word church has so many meanings today. 
And there's so many different churches. But who are we all together? Not just that you're a Christian or that you're a follower of Jesus, but who, is, who are we together? What is our group identity? We're calling this series, This Is Us. And one of the identities, one of those This Is Us identities that pops up all the way through the Bible is that we are a new creation. And how that is so vital to how we understand ourselves, to how we understand each other, how we treat each other, and, and how we look for the heart of God at work in the lives of the people around us. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians today, chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 16. If you want to use those blue Bibles in front of you, it's page 966. Now, I'd like to begin with verses 16 and 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard Him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I love that statement there in verse 17. We're going to come back to that several times today he is a new creation the way that paul words it there it's emphatic it's to be shouted in fact the the revised standard version of the bible puts it this way so if anyone is in christ there is new creation everything old has passed away look new things have come into being not that we're covering up the old stuff with makeup or just trying to hide who we are we're not just concealing the truth it's not that well as long as you don't look too closely you won't see who i really am but the promise is in christ we are new we are recreated we are not the same people we used to be that may be hard for some people to hear because we've spent our lives we have just spent our lives wrapped up in hiding our failures and in hiding our mistakes and there may be there may be people maybe even some of us who can't imagine not carrying those things around and, and trying to conceal them anymore. Maybe, maybe that's even you. But listen to what the Bible tells us here. This new creation isn't about you covering up something you do, you've done, but new creation is something that God does to you. This is not about self-improvement. This is not about self-discipline. This is not about you putting in the time and energy to rid yourself of some bad habits or even rid yourself of some, some damaging addictions. Although those things are very, very important. And, and for some people, it is essential to work on those things. But too often, what comes along with that bad habit or that damaging addiction is guilt, right? And, and shame of who we have been. We hold on to those past mistakes and we never end up growing beyond them and as a result, we never end up forgiving ourselves of who we have been in the past. Now, it's almost as if Paul can't wait to tell us. It's almost as if the news explodes. Look again, verses 17 and 18. <clears throat> Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Right up front, Paul wants to make sure there is no mistake. All of this is from God. In other words, it's not about you. It's not about you trying hard enough. It's not about you trying hard enough and being good enough that you finally got yourself saved. 
It's not about you giving enough of your time or your energy or your talent, even your money, that you got God's attention and that He saved you. This, this is grace. This is the Creator doing what He always does. This is the Creator working a new creation in you. New creation is something God's always done. You go all the way back to the beginning. Go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1. The world is in turmoil. There is chaos. And out of that chaos, God makes something good. Two chapters later, we blow it. And what does God do? He continues to create. He continues to recreate. Sin enters the world. That doesn't stop Him. There's a lesson in the book of Jeremiah. You've heard this before, but you may have never looked at the Scripture itself. But in Jeremiah chapter 18, there's just this quick little mention in the first four verses. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel, his pottery wheel. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand. And he reworked it into another vessel as it seemed good for the potter to do. The potter makes this vessel, this, this pot, and it doesn't turn out right. There, there's mistakes, there's flaws, it's marred. <laughs> it's a crack pot, right? But he doesn't leave it as it was. He recreates it, and in the potter's hand, it gets reformed. We sang that song, right? You are the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me. He continues to do that. He continues to recreate us. God does that. But the problem is, so many of us are hung up on what we used to be. On, on the failures that we, uh, that we used to be. So much so that our sin and our failure, that becomes our identity to us. We identify ourselves by our mistakes, by our failures. That's bad enough when we do that to ourselves. We end up doing that to other people too. We end up identifying other people by their mistakes. You, you know as well as I do. Small towns have long memories, don't they? Small towns have long memories and people will remember the things that you did long ago. Don't, don't do that. You can't keep judging yourself and judging others by those past mistakes because there is nothing about that that honors God as the one who works a new creation, the one who recreates us. I want you to hear Paul again. So if anyone is in Christ, there is new creation. Everything old has passed away. Look, new things have come into being. That's what God does. New creation is your identity. So own it. Be that new creation. We're so good. We're so good at putting ourselves down. We're so good about, at, at talking about what we aren't. We will identify ourselves by our failures, by our mistakes, even things that we did long, long ago. I want to remind you again, this, this isn't about you. This is about God doing what God has always done. New creation. And when you deny that He's working a new creation in you, you deny His work in you. Don't do that. That's why Paul goes on and he writes, verses 18 and 19, all of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. You know, that verse right there, verse 19, was one of my first 
memory verses when I became a Christian. When I became a Christian, this church discipled me, taught me how to follow Jesus a little better. One of the things they gave me was, you remember the little blue packs of memory verses? A little blue plastic pack full of cards, and I was supposed to memorize all the... We didn't have phones like that back then, you know, that we just pulled up on our phone. No, no, we had to have those little cards. I carried those cards with me, and I worked on memorizing those cards. I worked to get it into my head, but really, I, I see why this church wanted me to get that into my heart. Why you wanted a 16-year-old... A 16-year-old who was sometimes, sometimes made to feel like, like he had already made a lot of mistakes. A 16-year-old who was sometimes made to feel like, like he was nothing. You wanted me to know that God was working something new. You wanted me to say those words. I am a new creation. Now, Hannah's with us today. And I was telling her a couple weeks ago about this sermon coming up, and she told me a story. When Hannah was 8 years old, she got baptized. 8 years old. She got baptized. She knew that she wanted to do that. And at eight years old, she obeyed that call. She committed her life to Jesus. But she told me at eight years old, she and her family pulled up at the church where she was going to get baptized, knowing that baptism was coming. And sitting there in the car, Hannah said to her parents, when I come out of the water, I'm going to be a new creation. She said that. When I come out of the water, I'm going to be a new creation. You hear the certainty of that? And that's not just about the water. That's not just about baptism. That's about the one who loves to recreate us. Again, we, we tend to judge ourselves by things that are temporary. We tend to judge ourselves not just by things that are temporary, but, but things that are in the past. What we've done, how we failed. But new creation calls us to start seeing eternity in ourselves, to start seeing eternity in everyone. Stop judging people by where they've been and start seeing them for who Jesus has created them to be. Maybe even we start seeing new possibilities for people who can't see new possibilities for themselves yet. There are people around us today who can't see beyond their failure. They can't see beyond their past. They can't see beyond, they can't see beyond where they are today. They can't imagine saying those words. I'm going to be a new creation. But that's our message to them. You see, new creation gives us a new message for our world, for our friends, for our neighbors, for our community. And this is so important to what Paul says. One more time, listen, listen to verse 17 again. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Did you hear the word anyone? If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. This isn't just about me. It's not just about you. It's not just about Paul. It's not just about the Corinthians. There is creation. There is new creation potential in every soul that you encounter. Every person that you know who is stuck in this life, stuck in their sins, stuck in their failure, stuck in their shame, thinking that there's no way out, God can bring about something new. And that's why He gives us his message to share with the world around us. Verses 20 and 21. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making His appeal through us. We implore you, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God for our sake. He made Him to be sin who knew no sin so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. We've moved from the idea of new creation 
onto the idea of reconciliation. Now, reconciliation is a word that we don't use a lot anymore. But in Paul's day, just like in our day, it was an economic term. When you went to a new country, if you crossed a border, you would have to reconcile your funds. You would have to reconcile your money. You'd have to exchange what you had for something that was useful. Just like today, if you take a trip, you may have to swap out your American dollars for for euros. You may have to swap out your American dollars for pesos, depending on where you're going. You have to exchange what you have for something that is useful. Now, if what you have is guilt, and if what you have is shame of who you used to be, if what you have is being trapped in the past, that's not useful. And our message is that God wants to exchange that. He wants to take that guilt and trade it in for grace. He wants to take that shame and trade it in for His forgiveness. He wants to take that being trapped in the past for a new life and new purpose. And again, that's not just for you. That's not just for me. That's for everyone. That's for people we don't even know yet. That's for people who don't know that they're family yet. I titled this series after the, the TV series, This Is Us. And some of you have told me that you watched This Is Us also every, every Tuesday night. That just used to, I mean, it would grip and rip my heart out. Just rip my heart out every Tuesday night with the, 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 the Pearson family there on TV. One of their favorite things to do on that show was they would begin an episode by introducing a new character and give us no backstory at all. Just all of a sudden, there's a new character that we've never seen before, and and we're supposed to care about this person. I always thought that was a little suspicious. And I get angry when I see that new character. I don't want to see him. I want to see the rest. I want to see the family. I want to see the people that I already love. I don't want to see this new person here. But suddenly, there he was, and it'd be maybe a uh, a young man who's blind but plays music and he's eating in a diner or, or a doctor, a young doctor walking on a cane. He's got a limp. There's something wrong with his leg. And, and no backstory at all. And we're supposed to care about this person. And, and I would get, <laughs> I'd get a little angry about that. And I'd be very suspicious about that new person. But by the end of the episode, they would show us how they're part of the family, how they've been part of the story. And you're realizing, oh, that's, that's the grandson. Or, you know, that's the... The, the young man who was in the... And all of a sudden, you're, you're crying. You're blubbering like an idiot, you know, by the end of the episode because you realize there's been a connection there the whole time. And we have to confess, sometimes, sometimes there's people around us that we're a little suspicious of. Sometimes there's people that, that, show, there's people that show up and we get a little suspicious. Who is that? What are they doing here? What do you suppose they want? You know, we start to wonder about, about new people. And, and we, we're very concerned. Who are they? Sometimes we just don't like them, you know? As someone new shows up, we just don't like that person. But there'll be a day when God opens their heart to Him. Right? There'll be a day when God opens their heart to His message. I want to make sure our hearts are open before that happens. I want to make sure we're welcoming them long before that, that they know that they are family uh, that they, they may not know that they're part of our family story yet. That's why we've got a message for them. And our message is you can be a new creation. Here, I want you to hear Paul again in verse 16. From now on. <laughs> hear that? From now on. That's, that's still happening. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. 
Just what we can see. Just what we know. Just what we know about their past. Just what we know about where they've been and what they've been up to. From now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard Him thus no longer. No one. Not Jesus. Not each other. Not Kansas. And instead, we see each person as worthy of our message. Each person as worthy of reconciliation with God. Each person worthy of the love of Jesus. That's why we've been saying the last few weeks, we're going to love Jesus. We're going to love each other. And we're going to love Kansas. We're going to love Jesus. We're going to love each other. And we're going to love Kansas. That's our message. Learn to see the potential for eternity. Learn to see the potential for eternity in yourself. Stop beating yourself up for who you used to be. Stop beating yourself up for where you used to be. Learn to see the potential for eternity in yourself. Learn to see the potential for eternity in each other. Let's, let's make sure we're not judging each other by our past mistakes, by our past behavior, by our failures. Instead, let's start seeing new creation. We are called to reconciliation with each other. And let's commit to seeing the potential for eternity even in those outside the walls, even in those in Kansas, in our communities, our friends and our neighbors, even the people, even the people we run into that can't see paths today for themselves, who have no idea what God has in store for them. Eight-year-old Hannah knew it. <laughs> Eight-year-old Hannah Bremner said, I'm going to be a new creation. Maybe you and I should start saying that too. Maybe we ought to start saying those words. I'm going to be a new creation. Next time there's a temptation to fall back into some old habits, go into some, back, some old thinking, some old ways of thinking about ourselves, about other people, like, nope, nope, I'm going to be a new creation today. Not going to do that. I'm going to be a new creation. Next time anger flares up and you're ready to say those words that you're not going to be able to take back, next time those words are right there on the edge, you stop and say, no, 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 nope, I'm going to be a new creation. Next time we see someone struggling and we have that tendency to just ignore them, to look the other way and say, that's, that's none of my business. Their problem's not my problem. Maybe we stop and say, no, 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 I'm, I'm a new creation and I want to see that person be a new creation also. I have a message for them. Maybe the only message of hope they will ever hear. And you know, it occurs to me that maybe just like, maybe just like eight-year-old Hannah, I'm so glad you're here today, Maybe just like eight-year-old Hannah, maybe you need to put the seal on that commitment. Maybe you need to make that decision. Maybe you need to submit to Jesus' call to be baptized, to bury that old person in the water and rise and say, no, no, no I'm going to be a new creation from today on. From now on, therefore, I will regard myself not according to the flesh, but by a new creation if you've never made that decision it takes no time at all for us to fill the baptistry we would love to have that opportunity to share that time with you and to know that you're rising again to a new life to new creation to new promise learn to see the potential for eternity in yourself in each other and in those around us love jesus love each other and love kansas i love how verse 21 puts it says, here is the gospel for our sake he made him to be sin 
who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. God's righteousness. His justice. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for justice, right? There are people in our lives who may never know the righteousness of God unless we share that message with them, unless we show them that through our love, the way we care for them, through the new creation that we've become. And so today we come back to the bread, we come back to the cup, and we remind ourselves again that He is making all things new. And that begins with you and me. I'm going to pray here in a moment. We're going to sing a song here in just a few minutes. And then we'll take, we'll take together. Let's pray. Father, I pray that those words will be on our lips in the coming days. We are new creation. We are not the people we used to be. Thankfully, we are not who we used to be. And all of this is from you. And all of this is because you made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. So that we might become what we need and what our world desperately needs. Your righteousness. We thank you. Today we remember the body broken for us. We remember the blood that was shed. And we remember that we, from now on, do not judge others according to the flesh. But instead, we will always look to see what you are working in them and in us together. And we will be that new creation together. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.